just like a vine Look out, here comes the Spider-Man well, Hey everybody, welcome to Amazing Spider Webcast issue 24 Going through uh, the Amazing Spider-Man issue by issue So of course this is issue 24 See how clever I was? Because I didn't make, you know, I made issue uh, Amazing Fantasy 15 was our first issue. And uh, so the numbers match. Isn't that cool? Um, our story this time, Spider-Man Goes Mad, a startling mystery tale in the mighty Marvel tradition. Another smashing offbeat thriller for the great new breed of magazine reader for you. Um, this was a thing, I guess, the Marvel stuff in the 60s, 70s, even the 80s, where um, one way they were differentiating from DC was like, DC was kind of consciously making comics for a very young audience, you know, 10, 12-year-old boys, and Marvel was supposedly doing them for older teens and maybe young adults. So anyway... They made a big thing out of, like, their readers are being discerning and blah, blah, blah by reading these tales. Um, so here's another towering triumph from the House of Ideas, as we see on the splash page. This, uh, this has Stanley written all over it. I mean, literally his name is on it, but, you know, packed with more action, thrills, and surprise villains than you can shake a web at. Our uh, action-packed thrill ride opens with uh, Peter Parker accepting a package for Aunt May. And it is the, uh, the new hat she bought for Mrs. Watson's tea party. Which I was like, the new hat she bought for Mrs. Watson's tea party. That's like the avocado toast of the 60s for, like, grandmas. Oh, why are you wasting your money on lattes and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, every time you go to a tea party at Mrs. Watson's house, you need a new hat? What is with this? Uh, so anyway, he's like, boy, Aunt May is running low on money. Maybe I can go uh, take some photos of me as Spider-Man busting up a crime. And that way uh, I'll make some cash. So he goes, he finds a crime and busts it up. But then a uh, reporter, well, <laughs> he sets his camera up and then he waits for the criminals to come back outside. So I'm like, I mean, I guess he could be letting the crime happen right now. You know what I mean? It's a burglary. So presumably no one's going to get hurt. But uh, I don't know. There's burglaries and robberies, right? And my understanding is robbery is from a person. Burglary is like from a house. And uh, my understanding of that comes from somebody had stuff stolen out of their garage in the condo complex where I live. And they put up a sign that was saying we were robbed and blah, blah, blah. And someone else crossed it out and said burglarized. Which I was like, total dick move to be like, someone saying they got robbed, and you're like, uh, technically you were burglarized. <laughs> but whatever, Spidey waits for them to come back out. So I guess he's like, I guess on one hand, he's like, the responsible thing to do is to make sure they actually commit a crime before I start punching everyone. But on the other hand... Maybe the responsible thing to do is stop the crime in progress or like before someone gets hurt. Like what if someone came home? Anywho, he punches him. He's going to sell the pictures. But then, as we remember, uh, Foswell, who was a former criminal turned. Uh, now he's been hired by J. Jonah Jameson as a reporter. Uh, see issue 10 for his former criminality 
Smile and Stan. See issue 23 for when he was hired as a reporter. Also Smile and Stan. None of those are written here. I just, I remember. Um, I remember that and I don't really what my, remember what my father's voice sounds like. I'm just letting that sink in for everyone for a moment. This is what my life has become. Anyway, so he can't sell the pictures because uh, Foswell saw him there and Foswell would be like, Peter Parker wasn't there, but I did see Spy... Oh, wait a minute. So obviously he's screwed. Peter Parker goes into the office. He sees another letter. If you remember last time, his uh, relationship with Betty was sort of on the rocks because she received a letter from heartthrob reporter Ned Leeds, who was in Europe. And... Uh, didn't mention it to Peter Parker, although she just forgot to mention it. Um, now we're seeing that she wrote a letter back to him. And Peter Parker is like, WTF? But then Betty's just like, he's lonely. He doesn't know anyone there. And then he gets pissed off. And is like, you can't write letters to other men. Now, I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how this fits in with a modern era because okay on one hand I feel like if you're in a relationship with a woman and you're like you can't text other men that would be a little weird and controlling but on the other hand if I had a uh, partner who like wrote letters to another man that would be a little different maybe and uh, you know oh he's so lonely in Europe. I'm going to write him letters. And I'd be like, I'm lonely here. Write me a letter. The fuck? But uh, also, you know, oh, you're going to go to all the trouble to figure out what postage costs to Europe? What the hell, man? But, uh, I, you know, writing a letter at this point has a, a completely different meaning than writing a letter back then. You know, like the, I read this thing about the post office and they it was like, the post office never could have predicted that long distance phone calls would become uh, basically non-existent. You know, like I can call someone with a different area code for me and it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Whereas like back in even the 90s and the early 2000s, it was like, do not call someone with a different fucking area code because that's going to cost us a million dollars. So anyway... Uh, maybe, probably back then, doing what she's doing is not unreason as unreasonable as it would be today, which is weird. But, you know, because, like, I think we're a little bit more advanced in relationships and whatnot. But, because technology advanced, it also adds more significance to letter writing. I don't know. Quandary. Anyway, uh, J. Jonah Jameson gets a great idea, which is he wants to start... Uh, getting public opinion on Spider-Man. He's like, you know, I'm always writing these editorials on what an asshole he is. Maybe what we should do is I should ask the public and then print all the things that they hate about Spider-Man. Which is not a terrible idea. So he sends out a reporter uh, with a recorder. There was a reporter who had a recorder. He went out to New York City. Uh... He talked to some lady and guys in hats to see how Spider-Man's shitty. Look at that. Um, there's a guy making a hilarious face. He looks like Dwight from The Office, uh, but old-timey. And he's in the foreground, and I'm not sure who, why he's there and why he's drawn this way, but I'm pretty sure this is like 
the artist was like, I know this guy. I want to put him in a comic. Dwight's grandpa. So the reporter's asking people, like, what do you think about Spider-Man, you know? And people are like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily hate him, whatever. And then the reporter's like, but if you did say you hated him, you could have your picture in the newspaper. And then the lady's like, well, give me a minute. I'll think of a reason to hate him. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like, people were fame whores even in the 60s. You know, if you're facing the newspaper, it's going to be next to something that you didn't really want to say. But you will be photographed. Imagine that. <laughs> this is like, again, this is modern equivalent, right? This is, uh, if you tweet something fucking terrible, a takedown of somebody who people don't like right now, and you tweet something reprehensible about them that you would never otherwise say, you will get a tiny amount of fame. So get excited. So anyway, people say he sucks and whatever. Uh, someone calls him a menace. And uh, everyone knows he's a public menace. He kind of looks like J. Jonah Jameson without his mustache. And I was like, Jameson should come out of nowhere and be like, I copyrighted that, calling Spider-Man a menace. Come up with your own word. He's a menace. No one's ever been called a menace except Spider-Man and Dennis. Those are like the only two that I can think of who are uh, called a menace. Just a little sidebar comic book history. I remember hearing once that uh, Dennis the Menace was written by... Uh, there's a real-life Dennis, and it was written by his dad. And Dennis, uh, in real life, like went to Vietnam and had terrible PTSD. Oh, what a menace. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a fun family story. So uh, then we get Flash Thompson, who's defending Spider-Man but also pissed off at Peter Parker because Flash Thompson's girlfriend, Liz Osborne, not Liz Osborne, Liz Allen. Liz Allen is like, gee whiz, I suck at uh, science. Can you tutor me? And Peter Parker's like, sure. Um, but he genuinely doesn't want to like get with her. He's just like, yeah, I guess I'll tutor somebody. And then Flash Thompson is like, that fucking nerd. And he wants to beat the shit out of Peter Parker, but his problem is there's nobody around to see it. And he's like, one day I'll get him out in the open with a bunch of people around, and then it's time. So I'm like, so you just want to make sure that a bunch of people witness you beat the crap out of him? Like, that's the point? I, I'm i confused. I guess you don't really want to beat the shit out of him, you just want to humiliate him. That makes That's a real dick move, by the way. To be like, I'm going to wait to beat the crap out of this guy until, uh, until there's a bunch of people to see it. That's like a sociopath shit, man. So anyway, Jameson's story comes out. People are like, shit, maybe Spider-Man does suck. And sort of uh, prompted by this, a Dr. Ludwig Reinhardt shows up. Now, Dr. Reinhardt is a psychiatrist. And he's very interested in Spider-Man. And he's handled a bunch of cases like Spider-Man's, supposedly. Um, you know, and he's psychoanalyzing him and he's like uh, I'd be happy to show you proof of my theories you know and blah 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 so Jameson's like excellent so he's gonna run this big story on the psychology of uh, Spider-Man which happens in between two panels <laughs> the guy shows up um, 
tells Jameson. So then he's leaving the office. Jameson's like, great. I can't wait. Then he immediately gets on the phone and he's like, get me the press room. We're going to prove Spider-Man is a nut. Um, and then the third panel is the story that must have run, uh, which is, you know, Reinhardt's quote unquote findings about Spider-Man, that he's crazy um, and that he's sure to crack up real soon. So Peter Parker's curious about this, of course, and uh, he goes webs or walking off into the night. You know, he's trying to, what is he trying to do? Follow somebody. Oh, he's trying to figure out what's going on, right? He's trying to talk to the psychiatrist as Peter Parker. Flash Thompson's following Peter Parker, perhaps <laughs> assuming that he's going to beat him up. Um, oh, Flash Thompson follows him because he assumes that Peter Parker is meeting with his girlfriend on the sly. And uh, if he finds out that's true, he's going to, quote, demolish him, which I like. People don't really use that that term for beating someone up, but they should. It's much better than cream. And people say that when you're in school, I'm going to cream that guy. Gross. I mean, that sounds like you're going to ejaculate on him. What else? What else can I say about it other than that's what it sounds like? So anyway, Peter Parker has to escape. So he becomes Spider-Man. He goes swing. He he distracts uh, Flash Thompson with a Spidey signal, you know, flashlight, and then changes into Spider-Man and swings away. So uh, he gets to uh, he gets to close to the bugle. He's going to Jameson's office, and then he starts seeing all of his greatest foes, Doctor Octopus. But then, as soon as he's about to fight him, Octopus vanishes. Then he sees the Sandman, and the same thing happens. Then he sees the Vulture, and the same thing happens. And he's like, uh-oh, I must be going crazy. That's the only explanation. So, then he's like, I gotta go see this doctor. So he goes, he finds where the, uh, the doctor's office is. And he's headed in, and everything is upside down. All the furniture, all everything, whatever is upside down. And the doctor is like sitting in a chair and he's at a desk and everything, you know, the doctor's upside down. And Spider-Man's like, oh my God, I am going crazy. He runs out into another room. It's upside down. Then he comes back into the doctor's office and it's right side up. So he's like, all right, I'm losing my shit. There's even a, uh, in one room, there's even a fish bowl that's upside down with a fish in it. Now that's pretty cool. Well, it will be. So he's seeing these hallucinations. He's seeing upside down rooms. Um, and he's like, all right, I'm going to let this uh, guy, this shrink do his thing because I am going crazy. Meanwhile, at the bugle, uh, Jameson learns something and he goes storming off about the doc being a, uh, a quack. And he's really pissed off. And uh, Flash Thompson sees... Jameson storming down this. This is a very crazy issue. There's like a lot. It's like a Seinfeld episode, but not funny. But it's like all the stories kind of intersecting is what's weird about this one. So Flash is walking, sees Jameson storming around, is like, are you going to go fuck with Spider-Man again? You better not. And so he starts following Jameson. Jameson's going to the doctors. The doctor is helping Spider-Man, quote unquote, and is basically tricking Spider-Man into revealing who he is. He's like, oh, your problem is you've got a dual identity. So, you know, that's making you miserable. 
blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's got Spider-Man half convinced to take his mask off when Jameson comes rushing in and is like, I just found out that you're no fucking doctor. You're just some guy. Like, this is, this is craziness. Then Flash runs in and tackles Jameson. Then Spider-Man snaps out of whatever's going on, and uh, the doctor runs away. But Spider-Man tackles him, pulls off a mask Scooby-Doo style, and finds out that it's Mysterio. And then Mysterio just explains the whole thing. He's like, oh, I used these, like, I had this fake mechanical cat and a bat that used projectors to, like, show your enemies. And then I had, like, rotating rooms that were upside down. Or I had like rooms on a conveyor belt and I would move them side to side. So when one time you went in and it was upside down, but the next time it was right side up. And all of this was in service of trying to find out Spider-Man's secret identity. And he's like, damn it, Jameson, you ruined it. I was about to get uh, his secret identity. And Jameson's like, you mean if I hadn't burst in just then? If I hadn't interrupted when I did, Spider-Man would finally have been beaten? And he's all pissed. Flash Thompson thinks it's hilarious. And uh, that's basically the end of our story. So this one was like a little bit light on the action. And also it was like, uh, maybe the problem is, you know, once you've read even a small handful of Spider-Man comics, you read this, right? And you're like, I mean, I think probably there's some uh, nonsense afoot here. I don't think that this is the issue where Spider-Man fully went insane and then we went the next uh 50 years or whatever with him being crazy and it's like oh he turned into a crazed vigilante remember that in uh amazing spider-man see amazing spider-man 24 when he completely uh lost it and just went apeshit on the general public but uh i i give it some credit for you know it's complex story i guess you know and i I use that term very lightly, but it's complex in the way of like, well, they had like a Flash Thompson story, they had a Jameson story, they had a villain story, and they all kind of come together uh, through Peter Parker. So it, it kind of works, right? It's like the collision of his personal and hero life. So that's something. There was something. That's my uh, my final... My final... Uh, word on this particular issue there was something a thing happened there was something and uh that's the resolution so you know not not the best spider-man issue we've had to date but at least there was something all right we'll see you next time Like a vine, look out! Here comes the spider.